Hey everyone, and warm welcome to the Inner Peace and uh, Happiness uh, podcast. Today we have an amazing guest, uh, Vasily Brandt. Warm welcome to podcast, Vasily from Copenhagen. Thank you, and thanks for inviting me. So I, I was trying to make a short introduction about Vasily, but it's not, in, not possible for all the things he's already done. So here comes the, the long version of the introduction. So Vasily was chosen by Forbes to be in the Forbes uh, 30 under 30s uh, list. He is the... Um, uh, currently, is the founder and CMO of Blazer Capital, a very cool in in incubator from from Copenhagen, from from Denmark, and we'll also dive more into what what we're we're currently currently doing. With this incubator, he co-owns uh, Chamberlain Coffee, which is like a very fast-growing and interesting uh, company. Uh, he co-owns Dream in in influencers. He co-founded Nord Nord Green uh, Nord Green, a fashion company, and other fashion companies also in the past. And uh, many of you will know the, the TV show in the US, The uh, uh, Apprentice. So he was the TV host for that, that, that version of the show in, in, in Denmark. So yeah, warm welcome to, to the podcast, Vasily. Um, we'll talk a lot about inner peace um, uh, in, in this podcast, but also a lot of things that, that, that help to feel inner peace is to also like feel that you had a, like a productive day and you're achieving toward towards your your, your goals but that can be something that uh, that you know that going closer towards your 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 purposes does help so if you can help the audience with this a lot of people ask like what brings you drive and more 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 motivation what what can you share on on, on this part i think uh, for me uh, drive and motivation comes from uh, from passion uh, it comes from doing what you love and uh, and uh, i think i'm doing what i'm loving uh, i've always been very entrepreneurial and uh, by nature um, since i was a, a child basically um, back in elementary school and throughout high school i've done a lot of like small entrepreneurial gigs uh, doing everything from importing uh, sunglasses and clothing and stuff and selling on on uh, the Danish version of eBay and, and and things like that so I've always had this this uh, this desire to kind of uh, to create and to 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 do things myself um and uh, and I've brought this kind of this 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 ways of working into my my adulthood as well by by starting my my own companies and also co-founding now a group that obviously, uh, build brands, right? So, so, so Blazer Capital, as you, as you mentioned, is an incubator that that build brands from scratch, uh, and this is exactly what I've always been loving doing. And so, so for me, kind of that's an important part of uh, of uh, of of how you bring drive and 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 motivation. Um, so, so I mean, the connection between between what you do and and, and passion is, is 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 absolutely key. And and I'm trying every day to 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 do things that 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 I love to make sure that that I sustain my my drive and, and the, my motivation on an ongoing basis and in times where i then feel i'm lacking it then i try to ask, ask myself why and then i try to rewire my days uh, to then get back into into a level where i feel confident and, and motivated exactly so that's something very important no? because everyone knows these days when even if we love the whole the purpose about the whole big goal of it there can be days when we'll have to do too many tasks if we don't like them. It's just about re redesigning the, these days and uh, yeah, and trying trying to find the, the task that you you are you are best best at. And it's very interesting that you also said that because the last guest uh, also shared that he he became an entrepreneur 
because of e e eBay. So he was like 14 years old when he realized, oh, I can make money if I sell sell <laughs> stuff here. And then you know we're all in the same generation now. Like, what what, what what's your age now? Just turned 33 two days ago. <laughs> yeah. So ha happy belated birthday! <laughs> Saturday was your birthday, I, I think, right? So um, yeah. yeah, so yeah. we're all in this generation, but we were all young when uh, when eBay came 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 up, and then there was like a very big uh, opportunity. Um, and yeah, it's a cool cool way to to start the entrepreneurial journey. So you mentioned that um, passion uh, is something that that really helps you. So why would why do you think passion is such a core determinator for to see if you have, will have su success as a, as a founder? I, th I think it's it's, it's in any aspect of life really, right? Whether you are an entrepreneur, whether you are an artist or a sports person or a business guy, or a lawyer it doesn't. I think it doesn't really matter uh, what you do. It's just Essentially, what you you do on a day to day on day to day basis, the more passion you have within that, the 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 the, the more kind of resilience you're also going to have, right? And the more motivation and drive you're going to sustain on a on a continuous basis. But especially in in in, in the entrepreneurial scene where I've been operating for, for for many years now, I think it's it's almost more important than 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 anywhere else because there's so many ups and downs, and entrepreneurship is. I mean, people say it's a it's a sport or it's a marathon, but to me, it's like it's more an extreme sport because there is not many things that are harder than building something from absolutely scratch and then making it making it into into something. Right? There's so many things you need to be aware of, and so many things you need to take into consideration on a continuous basis from the very beginning to the very end of the of, of your journey. And I think if you don't have that 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 genuine purpose and meaning in what you do and that and, the, and passion for what you do then in times where it gets really tough the probability of you as a founder just burning out and dropping out of the project is going to be much mm -hmm. higher so i think there's a very strong very strong linear correlation between passion and resilience the more passion you have the more resilience you have and the larger probability for for you to become successful at the end of the day so so one thing is obviously that there has to be a there's a connection between passion and resilience and uh, performance, so to speak. But I think another thing that's also important to take into consideration is, um, is, that, is, that, is that whatever you do is something you also have a fun time doing, right? You can have passion for a lot of things, but maybe not necessarily have a really fun time doing it on a continuous basis. I think if you connect the two things, that's where magic really happens, right? Because then, then your work... so much doesn't become work in any way whatsoever you know it's just it's a pure hobby and so 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 that's why in, in everything i do from a, from a, from a, from a professional point of view i try to connect it to the two um, and sometimes obviously you can't especially in 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a project where you have an incubation firm you have to build a lot of projects and it's with a lot of other people as well involved and um, so, so sometimes there are things where maybe it's not you know one thousand percent your your passion and 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 something that you truly have fun doing like uh in the same way same way as maybe other projects but the more you optimize for this i think the the, the better foundation you're going to have for for, for having a a nice uh, and also fun and uh, yeah and then happy day to day in your professional setting. All right, so I, I would say like it always works best to use an a, a, a example to 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 show show showcase this. So before before the call, we were talking a little bit of like what's currently going on in our lives, and you were telling me very excited about the rebranding and that you found 
so yeah, we're we're doing a, a rebranding now in uh, in in Blazor, which is uh, I think really exciting. Um, we've been doing this for we started the company six and a half years ago now, and um, basically in the in the beginning of of the project, we we launched as a as an incubator that that built D two C brands within different industries. Right, we're we're quite agnostic in 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 in, in areas in which we launch companies. So we've done everything from launching a company within the watch industry. We've done a, an eyewear company, which you and I have discussed a, a few years back because you were the founder of Meller and Messy Week, and then we launched this kind of a, a complementing play, I would say. Um, we've done cases within skincare and hair care and, and things like that. And in the past two years, we've shifted our strategy more to launching D2C consumer brands with um, talents, so so celebrities. And that can be, you know big social media personalities or actors or sports people or things like that, that have a big reach through their, their different uh, yeah, social media channels um, and has a strong brand awareness as, as, as humans. Um, so two years ago, we were a part of, uh, of, uh, of co-founding Chamberlain Coffee, as an example, with uh, Emma Chamberlain. We also did one project before that with another celebrity in the United States, but but the Chamberlain Coffee case was really the one that that, that took off uh, very very effectively. Um, and since that project, we have started to really focus more on doing more of these kind of cases. So, as an example, right now as we speak, we have two companies going live in in Q1, so in, in around three months, uh, that that are um, celebrity based, and we have another one hopefully going live in the in in the upcoming summer. Um, so that's that's our new focus, and we are kind of trying to manifesting that in new identity. So we've done a big rebrand in Blazor that is going going live actually hopefully tomorrow. Uh, at least uh, everything is on track to to go live tomorrow. Uh, worst case, going to be a Monday. Um, but uh, but that's that's been super exciting, and I think for me it's 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 a, it's a big passion of mine to to build brands organized around other people uh, because. For me, it's the absolute most effective way to launch something from zero to something really big in a very short short uh, time period because you're essentially not building a brand from zero, right? The brand is manifested in the person you are using and you need to do it in an extremely authentic way that people really can relate to. And um, having done that uh, in the Chamberlain Coffee case and the two others we're launching now, uh, has been extremely exciting, and I'm just, I'm just, yeah, very, very passionate about about the path we're taking now, and and um, and also uh, the, the rebrand that it's that is going to uh, require and that will go live uh, very, very soon. So it's just an example, but I think in in general, in general, it's it's super, super important that that, that whatever you do um, has has ha- has a passion, right? And whether it's entrepreneurship or something else, it doesn't matter. Uh, but it's the best way to ensure resilience. Okay, perfect. So, like here, I have a couple of questions. I want to want to jump jump in and also clarify to the audience. So, before you were an incubator, and you're always trying to basically launch a brand. We had an idea, so you would have a majority of the shares, and then you would find a good CEO or or co-founder for this and give twenty percent of the shares to them, more or less, no. And then they will run it, but you you will you will you will help a lot with capital and and so on. Now with the new model. You're looking for for very influential people, like she had like f- 15 million followers on Instagram, for example. So you'd look for people 10 million plus, I guess. But like l- later, you can tell tell me more. And then you would have like 40 percent of the brand in in this case. But then you basically don't have to do a lot of the marketing, right? So how much of the marketing are you still doing if all the traffic is? Over? 
How much of a marketing are, are your events still doing? How much how much Facebook ads are still involved in this case? So yeah, I mean in 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 general we're trying to to partner up with 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 people who have a, who have a big reach, right? So as an example, Amy Chamberlain, she has uh, 15 plus million on, on Instagram, but she also have a YouTube of equivalent size and also TikTok and also a very big podcast. So there's 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 a big uh, kind of megaphone that you can use in in your in your in your in your in your outreach to 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 uh, to the consumers uh, consumers out there. Um it's it's a strategy that we that we that we start to to pursue for different reasons. One thing is the whole brand building, right? It's much more effective and efficient. But the other thing is also that, as you say, um, you know, there's there's a performance marketing side to e-com e businesses as well that is very important. You know, uh, the vast majority of brands they're very reliant on on Facebook, on Google, uh, and and other big platforms to do their advertising. And these platforms have become much more complex to use in the past year due to due to, um, yeah tracking uh, uh, kind of um, uh, complications or issues and um, t targeting problems that have that have arisen in the, in the past couple of years as well prices that have increased a lot so in general it's been, been become much harder to run marketing really really efficient these channels which is why other channels have become other important uh, also important to take into consideration I think having people that are able to do the reach and to 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 to, to the, the the required audience, as an alternative is something that is that's extremely powerful and also an extremely fun way to 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 grow a brand because you can, you can be so much more creative in the way you, you you do your marketing um and then there's also the whole network side because a lot of the talents you're working with they have a massive network of other talents uh, that, that 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 can be utilized in, in the marketing i think a very good example right now in the us is is uh, prime that that logan paul he launched with with ksi right the the amount of marketing they're doing obviously themselves, but also, also through their network of people is incredible. And I mean, I think the latest number that, that I saw was that they are going to do $1.2 billion in revenue and the company has existed for what, two years. <laughs> like th this must be the fastest growing uh, uh, like an RTD company ever created. And I think that's the unfair competitive advantage you have when you build a company with a big, with a big talent. And we were trying to go more into this direction um, yeah, because obviously there's there's a lot of opportunities in it, but it's also a more effective way of building a brand, and I think it's also a more fun way to to build a business within the consumer space, at least. Nice, and and you would normally look for people like who have like ten million plus followers. So what what would be a good a good number of of followers for you if you if you choose someone to launch launch the next the next brand brand with? Yeah, so at, at least that level for sure. Uh, but one thing is one thing is the following. The other thing is also the the engagement that the that the that talent has with his or her audience, right? Because you have people who have fifty million followers, but they have you know they get 50,000 50, likes per per picture, as an example, of views uh, on YouTube. You know that does that means you might have a big following, but the engagement is really low, and hence you know the probability for you to be able to build a big brand with that person might not be that high. Um, just as an example, right? Uh, if you launch a brand today with Mbappé, right, uh, the footballer, who is extremely hyped, versus if you launched a football a brand with a footballer who had the same following but finished his career five years ago, I'm pretty sure that Mbappé would definitely have a much, much, much higher success rate than the other guy, uh, almost, almost regardless of what product you're going to launch, uh, because of the relevancy Mbappé has at this moment in time, right? So it's important to us look at 
what is the engagement that these people have and what's their current rate of hype? You know, how, what's the pull on these people? What is the searches they're having? What's the demand for them and their, their brand, so to speak? Um, so we look at following for sure, but we also look at kind of what community do they have and how do the community in, engage? Um, but we ideally it, it should be around the yeah, 10, 15, 20 million plus. I think okay. that's and, where and, you can and, really create the big companies. Okay, and then for example, for Emma Chamberlain, it really helps when she gets like two million likes on every post. Like these are the engagements you want to see, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, Emma Chamberlain is a great example of a person who has a very high engagement rate. And there's others out there who have amazing engagement rate rates as well. Uh, like if you look at the actor, the, this young actor called, a uh, good example, I think, is Jenna Ortega uh, from this mm -hmm. TV show called uh, Wednesday, I think, right, on, on Netflix. I mean, the amount of engagement she has on her relative to her following is incredible. Mm -hmm. um, so like building a brand with these kind of people or like Zendaya is a good example. I think, um, I think that's where you have a, a very big opportunity to create something truly magical and create something that really has a community behind it uh, from the very beginning. Because building a, a brand that has a strong community from scratch with no talent takes a long time, right? Building a brand, whether it's uh, the Gymshocks of the world, uh, other types of brands, creating the community that, they, that they're having is something that really, really takes a long time. And it's very, very expensive in many cases to achieve. But if you have the right person to organize around the brand, organize the brand around, and that person has a community, then you can really tap into, into that and, and create something that's, that's, that's truly cool, both for the talent, him or herself, but also for the audience, right? Because it's super nice for them to be able to to buy into the lifestyle of that people or that person into a great extent through a product or a service. So I think I think it's it's an incredible way of building brands and something that that is uh, that can that, that 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 can create truly big companies within within a yeah pretty short time time span as well. Um, so yeah, we, we see it as, as an exciting as an exciting scope yeah, to work and with. and exactly um, you see it and I, I can really see your, your passion passion to, towards it and uh, yeah you're fully right mm -hmm. no like um, you can make uh, the companies also the other way like Gymshark has fully fully proved it a very good example um, but yeah the, the jump start that you get and then you can still build the whole marketing around that but you already have a big big jump start and I agree fully so I think very good learning and um, wishing you a lot of uh, a lot of su 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 success which I'm very sure you're going to be having um, what are the toughest Thanks. parts of, of being being a founder? Because now we're talking about the big successes. What are the toughest moments and parts that you had faced in the last ten years, probably? Oh man, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of tough parts when working in in the startup scene, right? I think I think um, 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 for us at least, I mean. In my case, you know, we are we are, we are the owners of of a, of a of a of a group company that has a lot of brands under it. Something that's been tough for me historically is to cut the brands that kind of haven't made made it through the noise. You know what I mean? So uh, obviously, the success rate in, in in any incubator is is very rarely one hundred percent. And uh, yeah. and and every company that you launch is like a baby, right? It is a darling that you that you're taking care of and that you want to grow and, and see succeed. Um, so almost regardless of what we build, whether it's a nutrition company, whether we have this example uh, sold off in, in the past, or whether it's an art company and, and other things, right? Having something that you actually have a almost like a love for is, is hard to let go. You know what I mean? So, 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 so cutting projects, even though it's the absolute right thing to do uh, in a company like ours, when when we don't see the prospects that we're expecting, is is very very tough. Um, 
then I also think in general something that is extremely tough to any entrepreneur is is, is the, the the capitalization of, of the firm that you're having, right? So, so in some in in some in some parts of, of in, in some seasons, it's it's there's a lot of money out in the market. It's easy, to, it's relatively easy to raise cash, and everything is going well. And then suddenly a a crisis occurs, whether it's then COVID or the Ukraine crisis or something a third that we're seeing in the Middle East right now that can affect the global markets, right? That then creates more nervousness and affect the rates of investments and inflation going up. You know, there's just a lot of things that can affect the, 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 the capitalization markets and uh, the capital markets. And I think for a founder to go through these times where it's hard to raise cash, especially when a company is not well capitalized, is extremely tough because you're just it's hard to look away from the potential downsides that can occur in a situation where you might not have enough cash to run for the next couple of months, right? And these these are times that are almost, I think, inevitable as an entrepreneur, you know, if, especially if your journey has been been long and you've been doing it for many years, you will see see these these downs in in in, in some some seasons. Um, that for me is also has been, has been has been tough to see now and then in some of our cases. We usually manage to 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 turn out to 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 get the cash needed. We've done that historically, but it's always there's always these tough moments that you have to go through, and I think it's very natural. Um, yeah. What else? I mean, there, there's a lot of tough situations, right? I think especially in the start in the startup scene where the company is so dependent on you as a founder, if you are still like in a relatively not necessarily early stages, but if you are in a place where you maybe not necessarily have a lot of employees, right? So even a company where you have 50 employees or even 100 employees, I think you as a founder are still extremely involved. So when you as a founder go through hardship, um, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, that's extremely tough because the burden is you have a big burden you already as the founder of the company and everyone is trying to follow kind of follow your your, your lead um and at the same time pulling out of your, your your company and you know trying to i wouldn't say accept but just live with the fact that you are not in control is also very very tough in the early stages when there's not that many people around you uh, and i've seen that again through other founders in some of our of, of, of our cases. I've tried it through myself. I mean, as an example, you and I, we postponed this podcast for, I think, four months now because I had this 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 situation with my left eye that required three surgeries and I couldn't work for three months. And I mean, these periods where you have to kind of be benched, you know, it's like you are, you're an attacker in the football field and you're a very important part of the team and suddenly you're sitting on the bench, right? And you just, you can't do anything. Uh, and sometimes not even on the bench, you're, you're being put up on the stadium. Uh, that's really tough, I think, mentally to, to be in that situation. Um, so you, you have to deal with the problem that you're already facing, but then you have this struggle of also having to pull out of your system. I think that's something that, at least for me, has been really tough to, to see others go through now, now and then, uh, historically. Also friends who, who, are, who, are, who are founders, right? I have a lot of friends who have had periods of stress and uh anxiety because they're dealing with a lot of hardship in their companies and and uh, having tried also myself with but recently is it's, it's, it's tough so i mean there's a lot of examples right but i think these are three at least that i can relate to mm -hmm. and then i would just um, shoot over a follow-up question right away like what have you learned for your business and for your private life all of these three to four months when you were ill with your le le left eye and had to get operations and you couldn't couldn't enjoy the normal life couldn't enjoy the normal normal work like what if you what if you're taking away for private life and for business? 
I think professionally and uh, business-wise, I think it was a, a good learning for me to accept that sometimes you're you're just not in control and it's fine to let go, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see that there, you know, that, that you can fully trust the people around you. I could definitely do that in my case. Maybe it's not the case for everyone. That that, that is always that that you know that's that you have this nice nice uh, this good of a safety net, so to speak. But in my case, Lisa, it was nice to see that I could easily pull pull out and 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 everyone was fully accepting the situation because it was completely out of my control um, and seeing others then take over where it was necessary and be able to to drive things you know even as effective and efficient as, as I, would, I would have done myself was was really nice to see so I think sometimes I, I think especially for founders who are usually in a lot of control entrepreneurs in general you know um, it seems scary to let go and letting other people run the ship uh, within whatever you, within whatever whatever you're doing. Um, but uh, but I don't think that the, the problem is as big as you might set up to be in your own mind. You know what I mean? Um, so so that was that was kind of a good learning for me uh, from professional perspective. Uh, from private perspective, it was actually a very different uh, journey that I was through. Uh, some different learnings i'd say because i've i've rarely had a situation where i had to pull out because of a serious health condition and i think what you know what i was through with my left eye was was pretty serious because if it if it if i didn't get the surgeries that i needed and it didn't go as it was supposed to go then i could lose either part of my vision or my full vision on, on my left eye so kind of being in that was was really scary um and when 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 I was was in that situation, I realized that there's just one thing I want, one thing that I want in life, and that that is to get better. You know, I, I just want to get through the situation to get my life back to be able to do the absolute basics, because I couldn't. I was not allowed to look at screens. I was not allowed to uh, to be kind of go out and be social. I had to really, really take care of myself, right, and and be in a calm and steady environment. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't even be on social media because, again, I couldn't be on screen, so it's hard to communicate with people digitally. So I had to kind of call people if, if needed. Um, I wasn't allowed to to see TV. I couldn't do sports, so I couldn't move, you know, move my body probably either. So I, I had to, for several months, be at home and just listen to podcasts and audiobooks. And then I, of course, tried, you know, through through mindful principles to kind of see the positive in that, and 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 you know, it's. It turned out to be completely fine, but what I really just learned was that in a situation where you go through hardship like this, there's just one thing you want, and that is to get better. And the learning for me through that is that I need to become much better to just appreciate the basics of life and the fundamentals, right? Because in that situation, the only thing I wanted was to be able to get out and eat a dinner with my friends or go to the office and sit in front of my computer and do my day-to-day work. You know, that was the, that was the things I was craving. I was not craving for the next big crazy travel or, you know, other things that, that you usually have in the back of your mind when your life is normal and just running through, uh, through running through a steady path. And, um, and when you have a situation, when you have a normal situation in life and your health is fine and your professional life is good and, you know, your private setting is great then there's a million things you think you want, you know, then there's a million things you want to, you want to achieve. It's, it's the next big professional achievement. It's the next, uh, uh, this next material achievement. It's the next travel. It's, you know, it's, it's, you always have these next, next, next things going on in your mind. And I realized that it, 
you know, you don't really need that. You know, of course, it's, it's important to have things to look forward to, but appreciating the basics and the fundamentals. So that was for me a, a very important learning, something that I haven't done enough, I think, prior to going into the situation that I was through. So that was on the private side. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, it was tough, but it was also interesting. Yeah. Fingers, fingers crossed that now it's uh, or good, good, good that now it's fully over and you're, you can be back to fully, fully being you. And but now also congrats that your first travel is now going to be to to Barcelona. So you chose a chose a good destination for, for your first first trip. Now that you can can fly again. Yeah. Um, I mean, not being able to fly for six months was tough, but uh, now it's good. Now yeah. we're back. Yeah. So uh, another question, but um, I, I I have for you is like so we all know these weeks. Uh, uh, you seem like very normally a very very productive person. We all have these weeks where productivity is a bit, bit bit less. So, what what helps for you to get get back to your normal productivity? And whatever in general in the productive weeks, what productivity habits and hacks do you have that you can share with the audience? I think the the way to be the most productive it really depends on what you do i think uh, on a day-to-day -day basis right i think for me you know we 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 have around 20 cases under the, the blazer under the blazer umbrella right now in our portfolio so there's a lot of a lot of things going on and i'm not involved in everything at all what's whatsoever but i'm involved in quite a few cases at the same time at any given moment i think that's an example right now i think i'm involved in like five cases three of them very deep because we're building them um plus all the central activities and when there's so many things going on that are very different, right? So one thing is, as example, the rebrand we're doing in our mother company. That combined with a plant-based milk company that we're building in the United States that I'm also involved in right now, coupled with a, a restructure in another brand that we're having on an internal basis, right? It's just a lot of very different things going on. And I think be, being able to, 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 to manage that without being really stressed about it and being able to kind of get into different mindsets on an ongoing basis um, is, 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 is done, you know, is, is done for me through blocks, basically. Through I, so I really work with, with blocks in my calendar where I truly focus on those blocks when I, when, 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 when I, when I have them within the, at any the, the given time slot. Right. So, um, so, so that's the way I, I, I stay there. The, the most productive that's, that's through saying, okay, tomorrow, today I'm, I'm meeting at the, uh, at 9 a.m. and from 9 a.m. to to 11 a.m., I'm focusing these two hours purely on this company and it's purely on that particular problem. And then I'm not going to do anything else, right? So even if people come in and ask me questions and try to you know try to involve me in other things, I'm really just cutting it out and focusing what I have to to get done. When that project is done, I have my next block that's going to be some other problem or some or some other situation, maybe another company. And I'm going to fo focus fully on that. And then even if I have like time that is not company specific, then I still put into a block, right? Then I say, okay, this next one and a half hour is going to be dedicated to emails and Slack just to get through messages. Then I make sure to get into that mode. So I think getting into these zones for me is important because there's so many different things going on. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and without doing that, things can easily become too overwhelming. So one thing is being able to put things into blog and blocks and, and prioritizing when to do what. Um, the other thing is then to to also to also get everything else done that is not company specific, uh, without that overwhelming you at the same time. And for me, that 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 what works the best. 
And then I think also an important thing for me to be productive is, you know, when you sit in the office, like many entrepreneurs do from, for many, many hours throughout the day, you know, it's, I think most people in general, you know, they meet in at eight or 9 AM and then they might sit on the same chair for like 10 hours. It's super healthy for me, at least to change environment now and then and change scenery. So I can definitely, I can sometimes start the day at home, two hours at home. Then I go to the office and then I finish off in a, in a, in a co-working space for another two hours, you know, that that's maybe a bit extreme to be in three places, but the point is like mm -hmm. the change of senior is important for me at least. And then going for a walk every day, just for 10 minutes, getting that fresh air is super important. And I think actually doing it even more often is something that I should do personally, because I can just feel it's extremely good for me every single time, especially, you know, being in Copenhagen and now in winter, you know, it's very crisp outside. And somehow that crisp really sharpens you up. Like being in, a, in, a, in an environment where you have people around you all day and go just going out for 10 minutes into a five to six degrees Celsius, going for 15, 10, minute, 10 to 15 minute walk and coming back, you're completely re-refreshed. Re, uh, re, uh, um, I think doing that on a continuous basis, at least for me, is also a good productivity hack. So there's a lot of ways you can talk about productivity, but I think the essential part for me, at least because there's so many different things going on uh, within different companies and industries, is like really thinking in, in block thinking. Um, that is that has worked the best for me in the past years. Nice. Thank, 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 thanks, uh, thanks a ton for, for sharing. And the last business question before we come to the um, happiness inner peace questions. Um, what's some hiring advice that you can give to the audience? Like how, how to find the best co-founders for the project that you want to launch and, and, uh, and do, and also how to hire employees. Like where, what's the, what do you find currently the best place to find them? And what are the skills and values you're, 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 you're looking, you're looking for? I'm asking this also because in the last episode, uh, Nuri was sharing that one of his biggest mistakes in life was finding the wrong co-founder. So like, uh, maybe, yeah. You can you you seem to have found a lot of good people. So what works best for you? Like which which platform do you use to find talent, and uh, and what what criteria do you, do you choose for? I think um, if, if if you are a founder yourself and you need to find a co-founder for you for for, for for your team or for your company, I think I think it's very important that you find somebody who is who has a very complementary skill set. Um, one of the biggest mistakes that I see is that you find somebody who is too similar to yourself. So, and we, we never find two similar candidates to, to take on the, you know, a, a company never. Uh, and even if we have a co-founding team of three people, we still try to make sure that the three, three people are complementing to each other in, 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 in a very, very specific way and not kind of similar in, 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 in a too significant way in, in whatsoever. Um, so, so I think finding a complementary skill set is very, very important. And I think it's also important to look into the personality personality traits of the other, the other, the the, the other person you're hiring. I mean, we work mainly in in, in D 2 C consumer goods, right? And uh, and surrounding platforms, we have an in, we have an influencer platform, we have a tech agency, we have a marketing agency, we have an, a logistical platform, right? So it's a lot of around, but it's still the same kind of people that we're trying to 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 our teams that we're trying to to to, to hire and uh, and what we usually do is that yes you have the, the complementary skill set on a, on a, on, a, on, a, on a personal level that they have to be different and complement each other in different ways but personality wise they also have to be 
complementary. So usually what we do is we find a, a person who is very structured, very kind of uh, squared, very numerical, data-driven, analytical, kind of the, the more kind of um, rational person and couple that person with somebody who is more of a, I don't like the word hustler because it always sounds so negative, but I still like it because it's the guy who is a bit more creative and a get goer and somebody who likes to, 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 to really achieve something big and who is courageous and tries to always challenge the status, status quo. I think putting them together always, almost always creates a really strong dynamic as long as their skill sets are complementary. So if you have, you know, the courageous, uh, sorry, the, 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 the hustling, the creative entrepreneurial marketeer who's good at marketing, sales, branding, you know, creatives, uh, and all this, and you couple that person with somebody who's more structured, more analytical, more data-driven, more rational, who is good at finance, operations, uh, you know, uh, strategy, product development, and couple them together, then you, you usually see a lot of magic happen. At least that, that that's what we've seen in the, within the consumer and D2C space. Um, but I think also it's important to make sure that whoever you work with is, is somebody that you can that you can see yourself have a truly kind of engaging time with. Because as we talked about in the beginning, entrepreneurship is not just a sport. It's not just a marathon. It is an extreme sport. And there's a lot of ups and, ups and downs and it's continuous. No matter how good your company is doing, there will be problems and there will be big problems happening. And making sure you have a person on your side who you can go through these these periods with uh, on the long term as well is something that's really, really important. And it's also important that you can make sure that you can have a fun journey throughout the entire process with that person. So there's a lot of things that you have to couple together to make sure that you you get the right uh, symbiosis going. Um, and that, that's that, that's what we look for in, in, in general. And then the question is, how do we find them? Um, we... I think we are so fortunate, at least, that in Denmark, we are a pretty known uh, incubator. So people see us as an entrepreneurial kind of house. So a lot of entrepreneurial characters, they do kind of go our way and uh, and apply for the roles that, we are, that, we're, that we're publishing. So when we look for co-founders, we just put up on our website and put on LinkedIn. And we usually get quite a lot of uh, applications. But... The other way around is also just to 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 be active and uh, and and find people yourself and um, and uh, we do a lot of prospecting as well on LinkedIn. You know, we we create a list of, of fifty prospects that we think could be relevant. We we go through them all together in the in the leadership team of Blazer. We try to again go through the variables that I just mentioned, see okay, what what people could match each other really well, and then we make a priority priority list and we re we reach out to them either directly or through our network. Um, and historically it has worked pretty well. Um, but there's no doubt that, that especially where the world is right now with the, the unemployment being as low as it is and with salaries being as high as it is, it's, it's, it has gotten a bit more complicated to find really good talent, especially in, in the startup world, right? Where people have to sacrifice uh, a lot when it comes to financials in the short term. So getting very good people from, from consulting or banking or from other scale-ups, right? They are, they're getting a good salary. They usually have a warrant package and being able to convince them to do, do something from scratch where they have a very small salary in the beginning, but then have a bigger upside is, can be more complicated, I would say now than just a few years back, but, but this is how we do it at least. Yes. Um, good. Yeah. So exactly. So obviously if you're like, like lacking talent, uh, in, in Denmark, uh, look, South of Spain, unemployment rate is still high in the South of Spain. 
maybe you can find some some good good talents there as, as, that's as, true. as, as well. True. Yeah, that's but, uh, that's one one area where uh, they would wish they had the problem with too high employment employment rates. No, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> but, that's true. But, that's true. But yeah. Um, so now I, I would say thank you for like really like giving so much, um, sharing so much not 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 knowledge on the on the business part part of it. I would say just make a make a a cut cut here and jump jump over to what 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 are for example what are elements that do bring you inner inner peace in 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 your in your life at at this moment. I think there's. Uh... It's a good question. There's obviously there's different elements that brings that brings uh, yeah happiness and and inner peace. I would say and some are um, more um, uh, mindset based, and some are just like day to day practice. I would say uh, based right and um, with a with a lifestyle like what I have, I would say where you know I work quite a lot of hours and I've tried to downscale in the past couple of years just to get more private life and more of a social life um it's it's been really good to 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 get into a habit of of, of detoxing from work on a, almost on a daily basis and that can be done through um i mean either sports for me is a very good good way of of, of getting in a piece getting out of the office go for a go for a run go to the gym um, and that's also why the past six months with the eye has been really tough because before that i was doing it it almost every day and um, it's a good way of, of, of giving, giving me in a piece uh, I'm going a lot to the like. I'm the, the the amazing thing of living in Copenhagen is that we have so much water around us, and uh, with the cold weather as well, we have a lot of saunas. Uh, so going to the sauna on a continuing basis and doing ice baths with that as, at the same time to get this this bodily shock is something that I also uh, do very often. Uh, we have a very very nice sauna club very close to our office actually. With a it actually has the the largest panoramic panoramic. Panoramic view, sorry, of uh, the, the the sea in, in Europe. So you're sitting in in the sauna and you go outside and jump into the water. And for me, that's also a way to really just get into an absolute relaxing state. So I think that's to me very important. Um, then there's the whole kind of the 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 mindset uh, uh, principles that I'm also trying personally to 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 pursue to to gain yeah inner peace on a on a continuous basis and. That ranges from, I'd say, I'm the kind of guy who has a lot of thoughts all the time. It's it's crazy. Like my mind is just running, and it's uh, whether it's the next business idea, whether it's the next creative project, whether it's something third. It, it's 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 almost random, right? It's just it's, something is always happening in, in 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 my mind. And moving into a practice where you try to practice med- not not necessarily meditation, but just mindfulness on an ongoing basis, been 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 very helpful for me trying to to catch myself in situations where I feel stressed and just try to observe my thoughts from the outside almost and see see kind of or assess why am I here, <laughs> uh, you know, and then try to stop that uh, has, has helped me a lot because subconsciously, especially as entrepreneurs where so many things happen, it's just like there's just so much, so much happening in our mind on continuous basis. I think stopping up now and then and just being in the moment and just cutting off the noise that you might that you might have you know i might be thinking about a problem that is not a problem until three months from now you know why am i thinking about that cut it you know getting into into habit of 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 of, of catching myself um having these 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 uh 
these uh, subconscious uh, thought patterns has been, been been a very good way for me to 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 gain in peace when I then stop it and just stay present. So that's also something that that has really worked uh, worked work, work for me, especially in, in in the past couple of months where I also have had a bit of a, a health struggle. Um. Yeah, then I'll say, then I'll say. For me, also, it's. Um, um, it's important to to surround myself with genuine people that I love, um, and as I mentioned before, I've been trying in the past years to really reduce my my workouts. You know, in the first three years of Blazer, we were working literally eighty hours per week, and it's it's just not sustainable. It's not healthy. Uh, try I tried to cut, cut down a lot in the past past year and, and, and year and a half, two years, and. And and using that extra time together with people that I truly enjoy being with, people who are, to me, like-minded, people who brings me joy, people who makes me smile, people who makes me happy, uh, has been an extremely important thing in my life to also get get inner peace. Um, so I think uh, that's something that I also try to to pursue more. Just be be be, be more social and continuous spaces, not just go home after work. Try to really. Uh, to really uh, get out and 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 uh, yeah, get a good dinner or you know go to the sauna with friends, uh, do some sports, not necessarily alone, but do it with friends. I think that has been uh, been very important as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, these are these are just a couple couple of examples. Yeah, thanks, 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 thanks for sharing. And also exactly, so like a bit, bit for for the definition, no. So being being happy, like happiness, depends on the circumstances being positive. So I'm happy yeah. because I'm in the gym right now, or I'm happy because I'm on vacation, or I'm happy because I'm having, I just sold a company. But the inner peace doesn't depend on the circumstances being being good. So like uh, inner peace is something that you can also find when when you have with an eye, you know, like within your home and like you can only listen to podcasts or audiobooks and, and but then, you know, work with meditation or like found, find find other very, very meaning, meaningful, full, full things for, for you. Um, so for you, the next question to follow up, up on this is like, how often, because you said you're an, a rather overthinker, which is very, very normal in, 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 uh, in your circumstances, like, you know, starting so many companies and so, um, but how often do you experience these, these moments, um, where your, your mind is just completely quiet and you have full inner peace and you just don't, don't, don't think any thoughts and you're just fully content with this situation and like, oh yes. How, how often do you experience these moments? Not enough, for sure. Not enough. I I would love to 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 be able to to practice this on a more kind of uh, ongoing basis, make it a true daily daily habit a habit of mine. Um, but I, I am definitely I'm definitely uh, pursuing it more than ever uh, in the in the past twelve to eighteen months. And um, I'd say the whole idea of mindfulness, but also meditation in particular, something that I that I looked into. Um, when I lived back in Berlin and this back in 2013. So it's 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. That's when I started to, to, to practice this. And I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy who, who does it every day. I, I would actually love to because the value is incredible. But when I do it, 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 it truly brings, mm-hmm. brings a lot of value, both in the short term, but also in the long term. I think meditation is something that at least in, now I'm just talking on behalf of, I think, uh, people around me in 
Copenhagen, I think is extremely underrated uh, and, and undervalued as well. Like I don't have many friends who meditate on a continuous basis, even though they still value, you know, wellness and mindfulness and they go to the sauna and all this stuff. I think compared to, I think Barcelona, uh, at least my impression is people are way ahead when it comes to that. Berlin, absolute next level. Uh, people are much more spiritual, much more kind of grounded when it comes to, 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 to these practices. I think Copenhagen, we are at least in the surrounding that I'm in, still a bit behind. But the value is incredible. I know that for a fact because I've done it a lot myself and, and still do it now and then. Um, I even I read this book once also. It was um, I think it was I think it was Tish Nathan who wrote it. Uh, the the monk who I think he died two two three years ago. Uh, where he, I think I think he said that that the, the interesting thing is that meditation is like you know it's it's the only moment where you truly can disconnect your mind your mind from thoughts. Right? It's, it's, you're, you're actively it's a bit of noise. Give me one sec. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> it's the w windows closing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Easy. So, <laughs> so, so meditation is kind of it's, it's the it's the only moment where you truly disconnect your your mind your mind from thoughts. Right? It's like you you actively try to be in a space that's completely quiet. And what, what, what he said in, or wrote in his, his book that I really remember was that your mind is actually racing from the second you're born, right? And it's not just racing, it's actually filled with fear. Because what's the common de the denominator with every child being born? That is, it's crying, right? So you, the first thing you do when you come, when, when, you, when, you're, when you're born it, into it, life, it, it's a scary moment to go all of a sudden to be out and be in the world. And what do you do next? No, so yeah massively scared you boom you're in the new world right and you and it's it's you're fearful and you're crying and from that from that moment it, from that moment in life your your mind is then technically going either consciously on or subconsciously on a continuous basis until the first time that you truly meditate and can get into a deep meditative state right which is which is extremely interesting to think about because what I think it's him, him who's I think he said or somebody else that I read, they did this study where they they found out that eight minutes of meditation in a truly deep meditative state recovers the brain in several aspects to the same extent as several hours of sleep, mm -hmm. right? So the power of those few minutes is incredible, and it makes sense because let's say you meditate for the first time as a twenty-year-old. Right, and it take you know, and and you only you, you get into a deep meditative meditative state for the first time when you're 28. That means for 28 years, technically, your mind has either consciously or subconsciously been going on a continuous basis, both in an awake condition and asleep. Right, so it makes sense that that moment where you get into a state where there's nothing going on has an extreme power uh, on your recovery and in general on, 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 on your, on your, on your, 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 your mental and physical condition. And this is what I, what I can see that whenever I give myself time to meditate, either just one day or several days uh, in, in sequence or a longer period of, of time, let's say a week, some months, my inner self and inner peace is just in a very different place than when I don't do it. And the the first thirty to sixty minutes after minutes after each meditative meditative session is absolutely incredible because you feel sharp at least I do feel sharper than ever. It's almost like the world is a little bit in slow motion, um, and so this is why that for me at least I should be practicing this much more than I do. Um, and it's uh, I do sometimes catch myself kind of 
doing stuff where I'm like, why am I not just focusing on, <laughs> on, on, on being an inner peace instead of doing something else? Um, so yeah, I definitely see the value in it. Well, I can't so, say so, that, I, that I do it as much as you as an example in any way. So like, you know, there's always the hope that uh, this podcast can inspire you to meditate more or the audience to meditate more. Because um, yeah, it's one of those things, you know, even a lot of people who claim to meditate uh, every day, it's one of the things like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like you actually like, most people, when you actually ask them, do you really meditate every day? No, I don't. You know, so like, it, it's a it's a thing that requires a lot of this uh, this this discipline um because the mind wants to think right so you're going against something but the mind the mind doesn't want to risk the mind uh, the mind wants to constantly worry and think about 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 cer certain things and rethink the same thoughts that it had already thought yesterday and the day before um but yeah so like um yeah I, lo I, lo for, I love for, for uh, me, I love I love like, the for me what I would try to build is like a, a habit where like uh, right. For example, me and my girlfriend decide to meditate together because then we remind each other of of doing it. So that, that's something that can be helpful. Or sometimes for me, it's also like a, a breathwork session, which uh, feels for me. I don't need as much discipline as meditation because I I absolutely love it and I get so many benefits from it, and I, I get mm -hmm. the same benef benefits in a way because you like in a breathwork session. Basically, what you do for one hour ten minutes, you're focusing only on your breath. So you cannot have any thoughts also. So it's a kind of a, a breath a breath meditation in a way. I totally agree. I mean, for me, I think also for me, breath work is is, 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 uh, is easier. And I also, I, I love the sensation of it, especially when it's these hyperventilating breath work sessions. Um, so, so, so I, I, I totally agree. Um, but, but, but meditate, but it doesn't, um, actually it does give me the same sensation as when I, when I, when I do spend time on, on meditation. But just talking about habits and meditation is funny because I read the, this book once from Naval Ravikant where he said that the biggest life hack in life when it comes to meditation is that you do it before you go to sleep, right? Mm -hmm. You do it, you lie in bed, you've turned, out your, turn, turned off your light, and now you meditate, right? You just lie in bed and you try for 10 minutes to meditate. And it, what he says is completely right. You know, the worst thing can happen is that you, that you fall asleep. So you're good either way. So, I mean, that should just be the habit, right? That every day when you go to sleep, Go to sleep ten minutes earlier. Try to just go into meditative meditative state in, in bed for like ten minutes. Plus, 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 there's another benefit for this, no? Because so if you don't meditate before you sleep, you will actually take take your worries of the day into your dreams. Like you were like, oh yeah, this was very bad, or like now I'm scared that this company is gonna fail or X O no, and you will have a bad bad sleep. You'll have like night uh, nightmares, or your mind will race in the night but if you meditate before your mind is in a peaceful state falls asleep so your subconsciousness is in a peaceful sleep for the next eight hours i actually sleep eight hours now some people six hours but whatever for many hours you're in a more peaceful state so that makes a uh, makes a lot, a lot of sense yeah completely completely for, for for you have you also done your first uh, breathwork session at, at burning man or in tulum or what was for you what was your your way of coming across <laughs> breath, 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 breath work? <laughs> No, it was actually uh, it was actually uh, it was actually before Burning Man, uh, and uh, to, uh, it was not Tulum for sure. It was it was in Copenhagen. It is it, it starts to become a thing in Copenhagen like three four years ago, where you had more and more kind of uh, groups doing it together, and uh, more and more kind of centers coming up, and uh, a lot of like fitness uh, centers started to also do it, and sauna clubs started to introduce it, and things like that. So. It, it started then, but there's no doubt that it, it was also a very big thing on Burning Man. Yeah. 
And it's it was a good any, experience. Any, exactly. Any, any any crazy experience that you can recommend to the audience to have, or that that you want want to share from from your adventures in Tulum or at Burning Man? You were at Burning Man the year before me, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I think I think you, you told me about it in Spain. Uh, no, I mean, crazy experience. I don't. I don't know. I just say it's. Uh, I, you know, a lot of a lot of people think it's 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 about it's an it's a festival, it's about music and stuff like that. But it's not at all, right? It's much more of a project or experience of, of living a certain lifestyle with amazing people for a certain time period. And for me, I think the most interesting part of Burning Man was just the the, the people there, you know, and and the fact that that you are in an environment where the where the culture can be so strong. You know, I've never I've literally never been in a place where the culture of so many people uh, kind of joined together has been so powerful. Yeah, um, exactly. It's, it's I, strong. I, it's like, 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 like Thailand sometimes, the Buddhists can be a strong culture, but it's way stronger mm -hmm. than that. It's like everyone, everyone is like, is aligned or at least tries very much to be aligned on, on this culture. Like 80,000 people agree on one social experiment and try to be very aligned with this culture and live the values of, of this culture for, for a it's week. Cr it's crazy, right? I mean, you have this manifesto of 10 principles, which are, I think the 10 principles are amazing. You know, the whole radical self-expression, radical inclusion, radical self-reliance, all this stuff, you know, appreciate the art of gifting and, and, and just seeing every single person in an environment with 80,000 people living that was incredible. And I remember when I came back from it, I was like, how can I apply this into Blazer? How can I, or our brands, how can we apply this, this sense of, <laughs> this sense of togetherness and, 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 and unity in our brands. And I totally understand why also Sergey Brin and Larry Page, right? They also uh, took the Burning Man principle and, and used them in Google's, Cultural principles. I think almost exactly, every yeah. cultural principle is based based on Burning Man, so it, it makes totally sense. Uh, I was just impressed of the fact that it was so strong. Um, and then I say, you know, the people there was just uh, incredible, and I, I love the fact that nobody talks about who they are and what they do. I mean, of course, if you there are obviously some camps where people pay a fortune to go, right? Where it's it might cost uh, two hundred thousand dollars for the week, and maybe that can be a bit more pretentious than than other places, but. I think in general, people are just so grounded and you're just there for the moment uh, and there for the, the joy and the, the, you know, and, and, and the, the, the happiness that it gives and not to in any way uh, impress others or show who you are or talk about what you do. That's kind of a wholly different thing. And I remember as an example, I had a situation where my my uh, my uh, my bike punctured because of the heat, so just the tire just exploded. Then I had to find one of the camps that were um, that were uh, that were fixing bikes, right, as, as a purpose. And and I was walking in a sandstorm by myself with my bike on my shoulder, packed into you know a, a scarf with a mask and goggles. And then it took me like literally an hour and a half to find this camp that that that, that did the, the the repairs. And then I could just hear this voice, this South African voice, this guy screaming. Um, do you need some help? And I was like, "Yeah, I fucking need some help." <laughs> and then he uh, he asked me to come over, and 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 he then started to fix my bike together with me. Right, we just did it together, and it was just a fun process. Like we're sitting and standing in the in the, in the sandstorm and, and doing this, and it's just a, just a nice 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 process. And then 
when we finished it <laughs> and we you know we were using duct tape and a lot of different stuff we went to this camp to just just grab a beer and just just talk you know just talk about life and then we did that and then uh i mean as you know us from when you were there right even though you don't ask very much about what other people do and who they are you kind of still you know to connect afterwards you know you you ask for linkedin or whatever and or uh, social accounts and 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 then 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 i asked him just what he does and does for 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 a living and this guy he was owning the biggest manufacturer of of uh, of, uh, of furniture in south africa and the biggest distributor in south africa and we were like living in this uh, beach house in cape town right a mansion down 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 to the ocean I'm like this guy just fixed my bike. <laughs> I think that's the, that's the spirit of Burning Man, you know. There's everyone is always there's always no happens difference like between yeah. There's no difference between anyone, and nobody gives a shit about who you are and what you do. It's just about having fun and being present. And uh, <laughs> I love I love it for it. And I also, I told myself that I want to go back as as much as I can as you know as long as I I, I have. Yeah, I'm, that I'm available for it every year, you know. And like this year, I couldn't because of the surgery, and maybe there's some other stuff the next come, come, next couple of years. But when it's possible, I want to go for sure. Nice. Um, all right. So one of uh, one of the last uh, questions I, I I want to ask you now. Let's imagine because you're for me to strike me as a very very smart smart person who like you know like and we know each other since the trip in i i i i i visa um like three three four years ago i think no but like when let, let, let's say now let's say everything really plays play plays out for you and uh, many of those companies that you're currently create creating gets like sold for Let's say some of them 30 million, some of them 80 million. But so you accumulate a very ni nice am amount of, of wealth for yourself. And now you have way more money than you will ever need for, for your life. What, 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 how would you use your, your smart brain to think of um, projects or impact projects? What you can do with this money? Like, how, how would you, what would you advise also, like, in this way, people who already have money to, to use this? Like, what are smart projects to, to give money to? Or what, what would you do? Let's say that you have now fifty million in your bank account. Um, how, what 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 impact areas would you would want to focus on with this money? Um, I'd say from a uh, there's two two sides to it, right? There's your own projects in the future, and then there's the the charity side of things. I think that the whole if you want to invest, uh, give money to charity, I think that's a very individual thing uh, of of what you what you treasure and what you value and what you want to to contribute to there. Um, I think from a from a personal from a personal level, for me, what's very important is not like I'm. To be honest, I don't know. I don't need much. I don't need a lot of money to live a, a happy lifestyle. You know, it's not like I need fifty million in my bank account to live the life that I want whatsoever. Um, but I think what's important for me in in my journey as as an entrepreneur is that. I would love to come to a place where I don't have to worry about my next paycheck kind of right so that I can truly um, spend time on creating something that I really have a gen like a, a, the absolute strongest passion for in life and take and like spend the time it needs to become what I want it to become right and that could be a three or five or ten year uh, ten year horizon for me to realize that but be able to do that in peace not having to worry about that i need the next paycheck or i need uh, i need um 
and another exit or whatever to be able to fulfill that. I think that's the most <laughs> important thing, right? And mm -hmm. that doesn't require you to have a lot of money on bank account to live an in an extraordinary lifestyle next to it. For me, it's more like the most important for me to kind of have a continuous drive is purpose that I do something that I'm waking up in the morning and that I'm doing something that, something that I truly believe in and something something that I truly love. And if I can do that um, without having to worry about cash uh, and without having to worry about, uh, I need an investor uh, to come in. I need to kind of fulfill that investor's timeline and deadlines and, and, and so on and so forth, but be able to do it in my own pace uh, in peace uh, without any worries that's kind of my dream that, 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 that that's my, my ambition in, in, in life to be able to reach that level um, and be able to do it in a very flexible right way. Right. So um, I, I love what I'm do, doing right now. I, I love the project we are, we are pursuing. I think where we are now is, is fantastic. And I think we are, we're all very proud of where we are, but it's also kind of, we are in a, we, we have a big company, we have like relatively big company, right? And there's a, there's a lot of employees and it also comes with a responsibility that is kind of very corporate. Uh, and I think for me as a next step is, is to be able to also be uh, at some point in life more kind of free. So as part of this mm -hmm. next project, whether it's in five years and 10 years or more, I don't know, I would also be able to, to, to do it from different parts of the world as an example, right? Uh, without mm -hmm. really having to stress about that, getting that next paycheck. So that, 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 that's to me something that I'm personally trying to, 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 to work towards. And uh, I think that's a scenario that will really be able to also give me even more inner peace uh, than 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 through the practices that a lot of us are pushing pushing on a continuous basis mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean charity charity wise and donation wise etc in, in in order to uh, when it comes to where you want to invest your money to to, to make the biggest impact i think that's that's uh, that that's, that's extremely individual okay because so exactly so i want to like jump a bit more in, into this now so like, do you know if, if there's some way to measure like how 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 e e e effective a certain charity is using your money or versus the other one? Like how like be like okay, which one should I give the money to? Like which one has a higher impact for every euro I, I give them? Is there a way to to measure this? Like, do you know something about this? And also, then exactly, it's a little bit personal choice now. But like, what has the highest highest leverage now? Is it a higher leverage to to give money to can can cancer re research because with cancer research you know if we actually as humanity find a cure to cancer imagine how much how much uh, global health and uh, and uh, inner peace and happiness that, that would bring or i mean one of the biggest killers of uh, inner peace or happiness is the depression like constant overthinking like you could also argue that giving money to research that we understand and can cure better depression because like now we have in especially in europe a depression epidemic now but it's it's quite quite going the numbers are going quite quite high since the last i think 10 years or so and or or would you argue like yeah global solving global hunger like do you have any any personal what would be your personal preference of this or what, what do you think is the, the smartest way to use uh, uh abundance of money I mean that's 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 a tough question. I'd say I'd say the, these are all obviously be really beautiful courses, right? Whether it's uh, trying to 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 support uh, uh, mental diseases or curing cancer, I think I think in our, in our case, a lot of our brands, as an example, have had some charity programs implemented into them. Um, 
one of our biggest companies, a watch company called Norgreen, as an example, have a giving back program where that the customer can donate to one of three courses when they when they buy a product um, on a on a kind of on a one to one basis. So you know that if you choose education, education, you you you're going to give two months of education to a child in in, in India, as an example. If you choose environment, you're going to preserve. I think it's like fifty thousand square meters of rainforest in in Latin America. Um, so like it's it's very like a, a very tangible measure. And the way we did this the selection back then was was by looking at where do you have the the absolute biggest problems in the world uh, right right now ranked by various different types of institutions organizations. And back then, this was back in two thousand and eighteen. We did this ranking in particular. Um, uh, lack of uh, sustenance and access to water in third world countries was a very, very big issue and something that we, we supported uh, through one charity. Um, lack of education in very, very large nations, like as an example, India was a, was a, was a, was a big problem. And with the, with the resolvement of lack of education, you can really uh, resolve many other issues down the that uh, that, that that downstream so to speak right because of, because of because of more intellectual capability you're going to create in, in the people um and uh, and then of course the 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 supporting the the, the environment uh, through various different uh, initiatives like now case we supported the, the the environment by preserving rainforests in in, in Latin America and we're still doing that um so so there there's and this was based on and different impact impact reports we looked into back in the day. So there's, I'm not sure if there's one place where you can see kind of where to get the biggest impact for for for, for every dollar you invest. I think uh, I think that that's that's really hard to to say, and it depends on so many variables and depends on where the world is going. Um, but but uh, but uh, but I think if you look into a lot of these these uh, these these reports, whether it's by the United Nations or the World Health Organization, so all the others, and try to take the sum of the parts and triangulate the information. You'll try to, you'll be able to get a better understanding of okay, where is there consensus of where the 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 support has to go go to, and then based on that, kind of make your your own decision of, of what makes sense. A lot of there's a lot of charities out there that are very that are quite short term, right? That there's a problem, they want to resolve it. Uh, but it is just a minor piece out of out of a, a, a much bigger puzzle. And if you solve the the bigger puzzle up here, you're going to automatically also indirectly solve the, the smaller part. So it's hard to say exactly where where to where to where yeah, to put exactly. It's like, very like, therefore, sometimes you can argue that investing in education always solves a lot of other problems down 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 the road. No, I'm actually curious. Exactly. Um, which in 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 the, in the watch company when people had the choice between the three projects could you actually see do you remember which which one got, got the most donations out of these three areas do you have it in your it head diff uh, i don't have the latest numbers uh but uh, education was leading for quite a uh, for, for for quite a few years but they they were quite close i mean all three of them are so relatable to many people right so yeah. Um, so, so it was. It's not because there's like one massive leader compared to the others, yeah. but the education was definitely ahead of the others uh, for for in, in the in the first couple of years. And the past eighteen to twenty four months, I actually don't know the exact development. I can look into that for sure, um, but I'm pretty sure it's it's uh, it's it's consistent. Okay, all right. Then I would say let's come to the last question of today's inner inner peace podcast. 
So now you were silly, you're the admin of a WhatsApp group with everyone in the world in it. And obviously to not have them like spam, only the admin, you can send it, only the admin can send a message. So now you're able to send uh, one message, which uh, how many people are we like 8.5 billion people now, like around this, I guess, will be able to 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 read. And of course, there'll be like a tool like ChatGTP will translate them into in the language of every every person automatically. So everyone will get it in the native language. <laughs> you can put it in in Danish or in English. Um, but what what would you share with the world if you had this communication channel, the WhatsApp group, with you as the admin? That's a big question, Chris. <laughs> and I think if you look at, at where the world is right now, especially right with everything that that's going on, whether it's uh, uh, in uh, Ukraine or whether it's in Palestine or whether it's the financial situation of the world or uh, all the other wars going on, I think uh, it's it's that's a tough one. I would I would say um, I would say for any situation. Mm, I'd say that for any situation in life, uh, in in any aspect, um, that kind of creates or fosters or facilitates any feelings inside of you, especially negative feelings. Um, being able to always ask yourself, what is the positive in this what is the good thing about this can be really powerful like if everyone did that you could you could somehow create a, a, a lot of uh, a big impact because if if um if there's no positive side to the situation that you're facing or experiencing from either near or far then i think you should try to just condemn it uh, in any aspect of life and I think if you could communicate that to every person in the world uh, and everyone was um, following this practice, then I do genuinely think the world would be a better place. Um, and there's a lot of situations right now in the world where there is absolutely no positivity in, the, in it. Uh, and these are the situations that, in, in, that shouldn't in any way, I think, be supported by any actor. Um, whether it's uh, private or public or governmental or anything, um, I think that's a, that's a, that's a, an interesting way at, at, at looking at things. Okay, so like in, in any situation, like can I can I give one example so that uh, like maybe to see if I understood it right? So yeah. like. Um, in one of the earliest episodes, I think podcast number three with Gregorio, who's an amazing breath, uh, breath work teacher from, uh, from, 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 from Rome. Uh, he, he shared that uh, he has this kind of like, his brain is always wired to constantly look for the positive in the negative. So he shared this like, he was skiing in the Alps with his wife and he did a jump, and because he's a bit crazy, you know, like this, boom, down, broke his leg. His first thought was not like, oh, the brain was like, he was right away thinking, finally, I have time to, to see other movies and to read. He was like, right away, of like, yes, like, I, I, have, I have been doing so much travel, so much hectic. 
I will slow down. This is amazing. So he was like, like, um, yeah, like right away seeing like this is the, the, the thing I'm gonna do out of this. Like, and like this is what what you want to share, not like seeing the the negative and the positive, right? Uh, the, 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 um, when you have a negative also situation, negative, to try yeah. try to find the, the positive in it, no? So yeah, I I totally uh, agree with, uh, with with that mindset, and it's it's an extremely way of uh, extremely healthy way of, of of living your life, right? Because one thing is that you that you transform negative situations or suffering into something positive. I think when you do that. You can eliminate a lot of negative uh, thought patterns, which in general just makes you more, yeah, peaceful and also happy when you when you when you don't have them. Um, but I think it's also important to apply this in 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 your day to day living, where there's just a lot of negative signals coming in all the time, right? Because um, w- without really noticing it, there's a lot of situations happening around us every single day that are actually really negative. And, and it does subconsciously, I think, in many cases, affect us without us thinking about it. A good example is uh, you'll go walking to work and you are crossing the street and uh, you're crossing a, a yellow light, right? And then there's a car that maybe uh, that doesn't get his turn uh, in that particular moment and is three seconds delayed and he's, he's honking at you. You know, it's just like that person is not benefiting anything from honking at you, and his delay in life of four seconds is not affecting his life in any in any way because of you. But it's it's just his inner primal kind of instinct reacting because that's just how we are. Like he was probably not even stressed. It's just like he was annoyed at the situation because of whatever something that didn't something that didn't fit into his his way of 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 of, of seeing things, and that has to kind of be put on you um so being able to just plug the situation and just appreciating that you know there's nothing wrong with him it's not because he's a bad person it's just his primal instinct reacting being able to do that being able to transform you know <laughs> negative situations or suffering into into something positive i think is an extremely extremely strong and effective way of of, of, of living your life and something that can really did not, not eliminate completely but really reduce your your negative thinking and your your uh, your um, kind of your your state of anxiety and stress to to a pretty pretty large extent. <laughs> but what what I was also saying is that if you if you have a situation and you you can't see the positive in it, right? I think that's what you should be condemning. And I think if, if everyone did that jointly, I think that you could you could um, you could resolve a lot of problems. <laughs> Here, here's to that to resolving a lot a lot a lot of problems. So. Thank you for this beautiful hour, hour together for your messages to to the world and uh, yeah, thanks a lot for being on on this podcast. To all of you out there, have an amazing thank you so much, day. Chris. Thanks, thanks to you. For all of you out there, have an amazing day. To whenever you're listening to this podcast, amazing morning, amazing night. And uh, if you want, you can have the last word of wishing a nice, nice message to the audience. Thanks so much. Have a great day, everyone. And thanks so much, Chris, for having me. Really, really a uh, good session and fun session. Different to what I've uh, done historically when it comes to podcasts. So uh, I love it. Cheers. Bam. <laughs>